the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. David Anderson, senior pastor and founder of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I am so glad that you are tuned in now to our new special Saturday edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. You're going to hear conversations from recent talks where I've connected with radio listeners just like you to help them build bridges of reconciliation, race, religion, relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. Come on, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the opportunity we have to talk together, and we pray that you would guide the show in the way you want it to go. We commit it over to you now in the name of Jesus. Together, everyone said amen and amen. Well, let's kick the show off in Baltimore, Maryland, with Anonymous, who's on the line. Hi, Anonymous. Welcome to the show. You're my first caller. Praise the Lord, and thank you for Mm -hmm. having me. Glad you're here. How can I serve you today? My question is, as a Christian, how do you restore hope when there's been instability in your marriage, when the man that you give authority over your family and over your head to lead you has devastated Mm -hmm. your home your walk um Mm -hmm. how do you restore that because i don't it's difficult for me i mean i'm holding on to the everything to the word of God. I'm saturating Mm. my mind every day to stay Mm. in the spirit because when I don't, the flesh comes back of all the infidel, multiple infidelities. Mm. And it hasn't been full disclosure. Well, how long have you dealt with this and how did you find out? This is a year, going on a year. Okay. And um, somebody sent a letter to Mm. a home. Got it. So I'm sure that that devastated you. How did you handle it? Did you go directly to your husband? Oh, I went. I went in the full flesh. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I'm sure. And how did how how did he respond? Did he admit it? Did he confess it? Repent it? No, he didn't admit it at that point. He said um, those charges on his account were all um, hotels. Was his card was compromised. Got it. So he didn't admit um, they were not it. Okay. True, so he, he didn't. And and after probing and probing months after, he did admit that he does have faults. Uh-huh. But he's never really admitted to having a full-fledged affair. Is that right? He admitted to two of them. He did. Okay. And so then have you guys been to counseling since then? Yes, we have. We're doing individual counseling. Mm-hmm. We went to every man's battle. I made sure... You know, I told him there was a requirement. I told him we had to get tested because, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's zero trust. Yeah. We come from full trust. There's zero trust. Yeah. Of, I, I, I don't even know who I'm married to. Yeah. Well, you've got to be very, yeah. very uh, disappointed and, and disheartened right now. So go ahead and feel that. Go ahead and experience that grief. 
Uh, don't get over it too quickly like as if it doesn't matter, okay? You are human. You are uh, a woman who's been betrayed. And so uh, to simply kind of say, okay, I, for, I forgive and forget and let's move on and try to have a happy house, that's not healthy. Uh, and it's not reality. You're just uh, disobeying your feelings. So what I would say is sort of obey your feelings in a sense of honoring them. All right. Don't stay there. Don't don't grieve too long. But you have to at least honor what you're feeling. And then you have to have him rebuild trust. So the question becomes, does he really want to be rebuild trust? If he does, then you have a long journey, but it's possible. And that's where the hope is. The hope is that we are rebuilding something. But if he doesn't, if he's saying, no, I, I don't want to rebuild trust or I don't want to tell you where I'm going uh, open up my emails to you or whatever, and I'm still kind of shady and, and, and hiding. If that's where he wants to be, then you really have to make a decision yourself. Do you want to stay in this relationship? Because there's not a lot of hope there if you're going to stay with him and allow him not to rebuild trust with you. So I think that's where you have to get to now. And I think part of rebuilding that trust is doing some counseling together with a, uh, with a common counselor who can kind of keep you both honest, keep you both accountable and, you know, figure out, okay, did you have a role in this at all? Figure out, uh, is, is he addicted or was it just kind of a fall because of some relationship he had? How did it happen? And so those are the things that need to be unearthed in order to really help to rebuild trust and also bring healing to him and healing to you too. Is that helpful to you, Anonymous? That's very helpful. Oh, well, may the Lord bless you very as you helpful. as you honor the feelings that you have and then move forward as you rebuild trust, if that's the agreement that the two of you have. Remember, the scripture says, how can two um, move together unless they agree? So let's see if y'all can get agreement. If you don't, then you may need to make some other decisions, and I, I want you to be prepared for that as well. Okay, Anonymous? Thank you so much. You're very welcome. May God bless you. And may God give you hope along the way. Let's continue to pray for Anonymous in Baltimore, Maryland, as she talks about and thinks about hope after an affair. All right. Anonymous is in Alexandria, Virginia. Let's go there. Hello, Anonymous. Dr. Anderson here. How can I serve you today? Hi, doctor. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I need help because I don't know how to manage my son. He's all his life since he was a little boy. I saw he had a, like identity sexual problems. Mm-hmm. Today he's a 35 years old, and I adore him and I accept him. You know, I don't talk to him about this, mm-hmm. but I I'm hurt because I have to see him getting dressed like a woman, mm. using makeup. Mm. And I believe what the Bible says. It is what it is. And I don't want to reject him, but it's very hard for me. Yes, yes. Well, I'm so, so I'm so sorry you're grieving and feeling the pain that he uh, is inflicting on you by really f- being free to be himself and uh, by acting out this way, whether it's because he feels like he... <sighs> is in the wrong body as a man mm-hmm. and a woman. That's what he said. Yeah, he probably feels like a woman, but he's in a man's body. Um, that's very difficult for him, and I know it's very difficult for you. And uh, what I think you'll need to do here, because he's probably not going to um, change quickly if he ever changes. You've noticed it from the time he was a boy. And for whatever mm-hmm. for whatever reason, 
he really feels like he's a girl. And, um, and part of it, I think you're just going to have to accept him as a girl and love him as a girl, even though that's your son. Now, it sounds weird hearing a pastor say it, but I know you love your child more than you love the gender that they are. So whether they're gender confused, whether they're in sin, whether they are just being free to be who they are or believe they are, at the end of the day, it's still your child. And I think what you want to do is love your child uh, as he or she is. And it's going to be hard for you. But listen, you've had 35 years of this. Make sure the next 35 years you just spend loving and relating the best way you can, as well as grieving privately. Because you will grieve privately, you know. And there's nothing you can do about about that except, again, honor those feelings and, and obey them, accept them. Uh, not that they're your God, but if you don't allow them to come out somewhere, uh, you're just going to end up faking it. So it's okay to cry about this. It's okay to not like it. It's okay to be confused by it and take it to God and say, God, I don't get this. But what you don't want is your son who feels like a girl to continue to be tortured by their own confusion. So don't add to it. Only thing I want you to add to it are your prayers. Other than that, I want I want you to act like it doesn't even matter anymore. I want you to just love on him or her. If if he changes the name, that's, has that's he... exactly what I've been doing. But yeah. in private, I do yeah. suffer. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're doing it. You're doing it right. You're doing it right. And uh, it doesn't mean it's not can painful. You pray for me. Yes, I can, and I will pray for you because it doesn't mean it's not painful. And I know that it is. And so I want to I want to lift you up in prayer, and I want my uh, listeners to join me. Can we pray for you right now? Yes. Dear I'm Heavenly sorry, Father, I'm crying. that's okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we lift up Anonymous, a mother who has given birth to and raised uh, this son. She's tried her best, Lord, but we need you to do the rest. We need you to draw her child to you. And when that child comes to knowing and loving you, you change him the way you want him to be changed. So, Lord, we're not asking you to change the gender or even the the behavior. We're asking you to change the person at the core of who they are. And then, Lord, we pray that in the midst of all of that, during that transition, however long it takes, we pray for Mama that you would give her strength, give her patience, and give her encouragement. Let her know that her child is your child and that he or she are going to be all right. And so let mama give this child over to you and trust you with this child in Jesus's name. We pray. Amen. Amen. May Thank God, you. May God be with you, my sister. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Not easy, not easy at all, but you know what? You can choose to love your child regardless of their sexual orientation like she's doing and grieve privately, or you can just make matters worse and try to change them and shame them and, and all of that. And and you, let me ask you, how's that working for you? <laughs> I mean, for those of you who've gone down that road, okay, the reality is you got a lot of people who uh, feel like they are different. And whether it's a guy, you know, man's doing or the way they were born, we have to trust God with this and love people and let him do the changing. 
Uh, and one thing you want to make sure, especially with people who are gay, you don't want to make them uh, think that conversion means from going from being gay to being straight. Some people are m- more concerned that somebody converts from being gay to being straight than they are to convert to Jesus Christ. Uh, just let Jesus do the work on people. Listen, he's still working on you and you straight. <laughs> you know, he's still working on me and I'm straight. So what we got to do is leave people with Jesus, lead them to Jesus, leave them with Jesus and love them like Jesus. Can I say it one more time before I go on to my next phone call? Lead them to Jesus, leave them with Jesus and love them like Jesus. So let's get on over to Glen Burnie, Maryland and talk to Anonymous who's on the line. Hi, Anonymous, Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Yeah, Dr. Addison, you are such an awesome man. You're touching lives all over the world. Mm, I appreciate you. you. Thank you so much, brother. Um, <clears throat> I'm calling because I have an issue Okay. that uh, that bothers me. I, I have a beautiful wife, wonderful. And um, she. the problem I have is that she don't like, uh, she don't want to have sex. Okay. She's, um, she, you know... I try so hard to get to bed with her, touch her. Mm-hmm. She's just not into it. Every time. We, when we started, it was great. And uh, I think this thing be going on for a while. So I get a little, I was a little frustrated. And sure. I start to build up some anger in me. Yep. And um, recently, I, I busted that and told her exactly what was what was bothering me. Mm. How did she respond? Amazing for almost... Yeah. So for so long, we haven't done nothing. I mean, how mm. can we continue like this? Yeah. So how did she respond? You know, we're not intimate. Anonymous. Yeah. What did she say when you told her that? Uh, she, you know, she started crying. Even myself started crying, you know. And um, and she said, well, how come I didn't tell her that? Okay. I told her that that day she get ready. She did everything well. You know, um, it was well for about a week. Mm-hmm. We're very intimate week, and you know, or even more. After that, that was it. Then she back yep. to the old way again. How long? How long ago was that? You know, uh, not too long. We just, I just did that about a month ago. Okay, and it, it went well. Everything, everything starts changing, and I thought, oh, well, thank God. Well, you're gonna, well, anonymous. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to keep coming back. You know that, right? You can't just because uh, I think you think that because uh, y'all did it for a week that uh, she's now going to keep coming back to you. The reality is it sounds like she's not a pursuer, but she's a responder. So you're going to have to circle back uh, to her. If she starts uh, pushing you away, then that's going to be the problem. But as long as she's not pushing you away, uh, don't sit around thinking she's going to start initiating with you now because it was so good and y'all are all connected again. No, it's not going to happen because it's not a personality type. And so you're going to have to keep coming around, but she needs to keep responding. And hopefully at some point in time, maybe she'll start to initiate as well. But someone, you know, again, somebody needs to probably talk to her to help her understand 
uh, how she can see it. I, I've been ex- trying to explain, uh, you know, to, to some ladies a different way of thinking about it because they become less affectionate and sometimes they become more distant because they feel like every time their husband's coming toward them, it has to go all the way to sex. And that's not the reality, but because of the way her mind works, sometimes she actually closes the door on her husband and doesn't even know it. And then she's going to call me and, and talk about, I can't believe my husband's watching porn or having an affair. But part of the reason that, it, that why that is, is because she's not doing, uh, you know, the part that she needs to be doing in the marriage. Now there's a lot he needs to be doing doing as well. And we could talk about that. But what I don't want you to do is to think that uh, she's going to come around again. No, you have to keep going around uh, to her and let her respond to you. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to get more and more frustrated. Okay, Anonymous? But but she's, uh, everything is on the way, you know, when you want to get to her. You know, she have her clothes on, you touch her, she take your hands off, uh-huh. you don't have a kid, one of my little kids sleeping in between us. You know, it's just so many things. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It, it gets frustrating. That frustrates me. It gets frustrating. Yeah, I understand. I turn around and say, forget it. Yep. I get it. And a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes do that. They just say, you know what? I'm tired of it. Forget about it. And then they learn how to live without it for a while. But that's still a dangerous place to be. I wonder if you uh, and your wife would be willing to do counseling with a marriage counselor or a sex therapist who's a Christian. Is that something that you'd be open to doing? Me, I am, but she's the one. She 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 turned everything down. You don't think she would do it? You think she's okay? Have you asked? She, I don't think she will. But well, I can ask. I can, uh, I can try. You, well, you have not because you asked not. So ask. Just say, "Hey, honey, can yeah, we? I, I, I want to work on our relationship. Don't talk about sex. Just say, I want to work on our relationship so we can be closer." Would you mind going to me with a counselor uh, a couple of times just to talk through how we can be better as a couple? And see what she says. I've tried it before. She turned it down. I'll try it again. Yeah, try try it again. You know, Peter said, Lord, I put the nets down all last night and I got nothing. But the Lord, he said, but Lord, I'll do it one more time because you said so. And so he put the nets yeah. down one more time. And you know what happened, right? A miracle. He caught more fish than he had ever caught before, so much so that he had to call other people to come help him get all the fish up. So let's pray that God does a miracle this time, okay, Anonymous? Uh, how do you deal with leaving people with Jesus and loving them like Jesus when you're leading them to Jesus, and yet they don't they don't change, they don't receive the word, uh, you don't see any uh, movement forward spiritually in their lives, and after you've poured out everything that you've poured out, uh, you feel like you've wasted uh, a lot of time and a lot of energy for very little results. I understand the question, and it can be discouraging. Uh, But this is where I think uh, when you do leave people with Jesus, what you're saying is that, Lord, I've done my best to lead them to you. Now I'm going to let you have them. (laughs) In other words, Lord, it's your problem, not mine. And then I'm going to love them like Jesus. So I'm going to keep loving them. Uh, I've already led them to you. I've already told them about you. I've already given them your word. So I'm not going to take on the responsibility of of trying to change them because I can't change anybody. Uh, and so therefore, Lord, I'm going to leave them with you. What it does is it frees you up when you realize you can't change anybody. You can give all the effort you can to love them. But unless God changes them, they're not going to change. This can change from you being discouraged to being encouraged when you realize it's not your job to change them. I think sometimes we as ministers feel like we have to change other people. Uh, and we feel like if we could just preach harder, if we could just study more, if we could uh, give that word better, 
uh, if we could uh, be more exhorting when we're telling people which way to go, if we uh, sometimes even shame them and guilt them enough, uh, make them repent, you know, uh, then then they're going to change. But the reality is, once you give God's word, his word, when he sends it out, will accomplish what it has been sent to do, how long it takes and the distance it must travel to get to a heart that is ready is not my business. I just need to know that I did what I was supposed to do. Now I'm going to go and have a cup of coffee because I'm not going to worry myself over somebody else's soul or somebody else's salvation or somebody else's uh, sanctification when their salvation, their soul, and their sanctification is not in my hands. So I can care for it. I can love it. I can care for somebody's soul. I can love somebody, but I am not going to worry myself over their sanctification or their salvation because I don't have a heaven or a hell to put them in, and I surely can't change them, uh, but I can love them. So loving them is my job as a minister. Changing them is God's job as the sovereign Lord. And the sooner you hold on to that truth, the sooner you can go have a cup of coffee and just keep praying for people. But realize that that's, I'm leaving them with Jesus. Jesus, that he's yours. <laughs> Jesus, she's yours. Uh, you work on them, Jesus. Uh, and that will free you up. Can I get uh, amen out there somewhere where y'all are like, yes, exactly. That's what I've been thinking. Well, I'm here to encourage your heart that God uh, will do what God needs to do. Don't even worry about the Jonas, okay, in in your life. God always gets his man, all right? You know, some of you are worried about a kid who is not walking with the Lord. Don't worry. God will get him. Scripture says you got to teach your children how to fear the Lord. Then it also goes on to say if you train a child up right in the way he should go, when he's old, he will uh, not turn from it. So some of us are in that waiting period where you're like, Lord, the prodigal son is out there. Is he ever going to come home? The prodigal daughter is out there. Will she ever come home? Uh, or, you know, Jonah has left the building and he's on a boat in the opposite direction of the call of God. Uh, Lord, is he ever going to make it back? Guess what? God always brings him back. God bring, bring, uh, will bring Jonah back and God will bring the prodigal son back uh, and God will bring the lost sheep back. Uh, so good news, uh, lost things matter to God and God will always find his man. God will always uh, find his woman. And, and that's true about your son, your granddaughter, your aunt. That's true about your mom and your dad. That's true about the criminal who uh, was crucified on the cross. God always gets his man. Even if it's just before his last breath, don't you worry your pretty little head about it. God's got this. Can you say it wherever you are? God's got this. I just got preachy on you, but if you're driving in the car, you may need to just say it. God's got this. You may be dealing with something in your life right now, and you were worried until I just said that phrase. You need to say it right now. God's got this. Verbalize it to yourself. Verbalize it to the enemy that's befuddling you and confusing you. God's got this. He can handle what you're dealing with. He can deal with what you're going through. If you want to call me, do it now. I've got a couple open lines. I'm on my way now. I'm coming around the Beltway, heading on up to Germantown, Maryland. Let's go there. Hello, Philip. This is Dr. Anderson. How are you, sir? Hey, Dr. Anderson. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. God bless you. My pleasure, sir. How can I serve you today? Well, I, I, I'm wondering if you can tell me, uh, do you think that it's mandatory for a Christian to be baptized um, 
even though a person's been baptized in their child life. So the question is, is it mandatory to be baptized? Um, if you are a believer and you've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, first step of obedience is to get baptized after you are saved. Now, how if you don't? You're not going to hell. No, uh, don't worry about that. Uh, you know, but it's a public declaration of an inward decision that took place. Uh, I struggled with baptism at because uh, I got baptized at a young age, uh, but then I lived all my sinful dirt after that because I really wasn't either. Either I got saved and didn't get discipled, or I really didn't get saved. Who knows? But you know, I was baptized around twelve or thirteen in the church, which a lot of kids do. But you know, my teenage years, I really wasn't really walking with the Lord. And so about age 18, I really gave my life over to the Lord, like no longer just going to church or no longer just riding on my mom's amens and my dad's hallelujahs. I needed to know Jesus for myself, like my mom used to always say. Well, that was the day I pulled over and accepted Jesus into my life. Then I went into ministry. And so here I am three, four years into this thing. I'm at Moody Bible Institute. Uh, and now I'm, uh, you know, leading people to the Lord. I'm preaching all over the place. I go to Willow Creek Community Church. I'm there and I'm preaching all over the place. I lead a singles group and it's time for baptisms. I'm telling everybody you need to get baptized. Everybody you need to get baptized. And then I thought, oh my, I need to get baptized. As a, you know, after I made Jesus my Lord, I need to get baptized. But I struggled with it because I didn't want everybody to know that I wasn't baptized. I'm, I'm the one in ministry here. But then I read Jesus's uh, baptism where at the beginning of his public ministry, he was baptized as an adult in the water. And then the confirmation of God's voice came out of the sky to say, this is my son and whom I'm well pleased. And I thought to myself, if Jesus could get baptized as an adult before his public ministry, why can't I humble myself to do it? So that's what I did in front of all the people I was baptizing. I had somebody baptize me. And so uh, I believe in it. I believe the word says it. And I think if that's something you're struggling with, just go ahead and do it and watch the pleasure of God smile upon you when you come out the water. 10-4, ten 10-4. Four, ten four. Thank you for that, Dr. Anderson. Did that, did that give you what you needed? Gave me what I needed more so than what I needed. I appreciate it. <laughs> Praise God, God bless you. Keep on doing what you're doing and may the peace of the Lord always be with you. God bless you, my friend. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us at Bridgeway in our Performing Arts Theater in Columbia, Maryland, for one of our three identical Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. Or join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. We hope to see you tomorrow at church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.